0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Women Changing the Game. I have an awesome guest today that I am so excited to share with you. Our guest is an analyst, reporter, and host for the one and only ESPN. You may also know her from her record-making seasons on the women's basketball team at the University of Tennessee before her broadcasting career took off. She also has a background in the fitness world coming from Orange Theory as a coach. Please welcome Andrea Carter. Thank
1: you. That, that was so kind. I appreciate all the kind words.
0: <laughs> of course. Um, you have an amazing background and you're just doing amazing things. So I'm excited to talk about that and all, all that you've accomplished. And so what has your week kind of looked like so far since you've been doing it all? <laughs> oh, man. So
1: this week actually was like an off week. So 4th of July. Honestly, so when I look back on June... I was only home with no travel in June. Like I wasn't coming in or I wasn't for four days. So there were only four days that I was home or not traveling. And then July, the first couple of weeks of July were super hectic. So I took all-star break off. I have this whole week off. Um, But the week still looks like creating my game boards, catching up with teams, football season's right around the corner. So I'm working on kind of a running document with football teams and coaching changes and who's returning and you know just trying to get ahead um, because it just it all comes so quickly so I have my game boards for my next six games at least the basic stuff typed out and then I'll write on them and everything like that as we get closer and there's more game specific stuff but rosters and general notes have those Mm -hmm. done um, starting on the football document so being in this field is kind of hard because you really are on your own time like there's no one that's like Mm -hmm. do you have your prep done do you have your stuff done do you have your like you really could kind of just fly by and and be forgotten about until it's game day and game day is when they know oh she did her prep or she didn't do her prep but there's no one like checking up on you or you know what i mean like it's all on your own time um So I'm thankful for my time as like a student athlete. Um, So I kind of make my own schedule and just try to stay ahead of my prep.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think that being an athlete definitely helps with that. Um, You learn a lot about timing and keeping on a schedule. So that may be tough for some people, it sounds like, but um, others may really like that type of schedule, you know, just being on your own time and knowing that you're the, you have to count on yourself and you're going to mess up if you don't prep. Um, So it doesn't necessarily sound like a week off for you, but um, still, still cool stuff. So um, I want to talk about all, all the things you were talking about. So you were, you're were you an analyst, you're a reporter, host, all of those different things I want to ask you for girls um, maybe wanting to go this career path may not know the specific differences between those titles. So if you could kind of break those down for us, that would be great.
1: Yeah, so as a host, um, a host is basically when a show is happening, right? So host, there's not a host for a live event. There's only a host for like a studio show or a Mm -hmm. a studio setup where you're having a conversation. And the host is basically the person that transitions to the next topic, that asks the questions, that sends us to break like coming up. The host is going to be the one to make all of those transitions and just seamlessly get us in and out of the conversation, right? So the host knows we want to talk about tennis offense, South Carolina defense, and Kentucky's rebounding, whatever, those are not correct. But (laughs) if we want to talk those things, the host is going to be the one to get us there, right? Now, the analyst is the one that answers those questions, right? And so there might be one analyst, there might be two analysts, but the analysts are the ones that really talk about the teams and the X's and O's and the game plans and just Analyze the game. So you can be a studio analyst, which I do. You can also be a color analyst. So a color analyst is talking over the game. So, you know, you're analyzing the game. Mm -hmm. So there's host, which is in studio. Analyst can be for the games, or you can be in the studio. Um, And then reporters are, reporters hop in and out, right? So like in a Mm -hmm. studio show, you might say, hey, let's go to Drea, um, who's on the field. And then we're talking to the reporter, or in games reporters are the ones that have the little nuggets you're saying what you see you're saying what you hear because you're walking around like the analysts don't walk around Um, studio hosts don't walk around the analyst is i mean the reporter is on the ground interviewing the coaches doing all those things and kind of like collecting information and reporting on it live so host analyst reporter I think I did
0: a decent job yeah you you definitely did and I want to ask you with with that what is your favorite or where do you feel most confident in all of those titles if you if you had to pick
1: man my favorite so I have a bit of a hybrid role as a sideline analyst so Mm -hmm. it's sideline reporter like I still do the reports and stuff but I also get to analyze the game. And that one's a lot of fun because the analyst that I work with, Rebecca Lobo, is like we see the game very similar and we we analyze the game very similar. So I'm on the sideline and she's talking the whole time. And then I'm just finding things that I see to kind of support what she's saying. And that's a lot of fun because I feel like I learned so much just listening to her and being on her team. Um, so I like sideline analyst, but I think being... I think being an analyst is my favorite, like studio or color, like just being able to react and think in the moment and just talk and mm-hmm. it's not very scripted, you know, reports are a little more scripted and mm-hmm. and studio host is pretty very scripted. So I like analyzing and just talking over what I'm seeing. So like being a color analyst um, is a lot of fun because it's the live game, like the game is yeah. going on. There's so much energy. So. I would say sideline analyst, which is a pretty hybrid role that I love, uh, or Uh, co-analyst would be my favorite.
0: I see how that could be really fun too. But you do an amazing job at all of them, I think. And you can tell you're like a very confident person, which probably helps a lot. And so now I'm going to ask you also, what is your favorite sport to – be an analyst for or be a host for and I feel like I know the answer but I'm not sure (laughs) from your background I'm gonna guess
1: (laughs) my favorite sport is by far and wide basketball um like it is it's like second nature but football Mm -hmm. is so fun beach volleyball Mm -hmm. was an absolute blast like the others are fun I'm so much but basketball is like home to me
0: Of course. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about basketball. So you played at University of Tennessee, um, standout player. Tell us about basketball and just that journey. And has it been a part of your life since you were younger? You know, how, how has it shaped your future?
1: Yeah, I started playing basketball when I was four. So it's been, it's been a thing for me forever. I tried track, hated soccer. Um, I honestly didn't play any other sports. I wish I would have. Um, It just wasn't the way that my parents and I did things, I guess, I wish I would play other sports, but I was, I just loved basketball so much. Um, it shaped everything. I mean, I had amazing coaches. I had incredible teammates. I played up. So a lot of my teammates were older than me and they just would take me under their wing. And I never had any worries like on the court. It just, I had great coaches, great teammates, people just pushed me, saw so much in me. And you just learn so much. You learn about being on a team and sacrificing and the bigger picture. And and just I feel like everything about who I am and the way that I work and the way that my mind works and the way I see things, like it comes from being a basketball player, being on teams and and working so hard to try and achieve things. Um it just basketball is like my safe space and it always has been. And so now my job is like my safe space. Um, Cause it's just the work you put in is what you get out of it. And I love that, you know, the harder you work the better it goes always has gone for me. And so, um, and it's just fun. Like my best memories come from my amazing teammates from like nine years old to, you know, college. Um, mm-hmm. It took me around the world. I went to Brazil, Singapore, um, Italy, just like so many different places, just because of basketball, Um, Mm -hmm. met a ton of different people. So yeah, I'd say basketball has been everything for me.
0: Yeah, I love how it can take you to these cool places. Um, And also, I feel like it transfers over being on a team, like you said, so much into the sports industry and work. Um, So that's great. And like working with a team, I'm sure like as you host with others and co host, you can bounce off of each other and you kind of learn those team skills from being on a sport so for sure so you knew basketball was going to be a part of your life forever so did you know broadcasting was going to be a part of your life forever like was that always a planned career or did it just come about
1: no it wasn't planned at all um at all like had no idea i studied communications because i'm a natural talker and i i enjoy speaking and really the only reason i studied communications like The number one reason was because I could study sign language. And originally I wanted to study special education, but it was a five-year program. I didn't have that at the time. And so I was like, okay, if I do communication studies, I can take sign language classes. I can volunteer at the Tennessee School for the Deaf, which I did. And I made amazing relationships with those kids. And so really my passion was working with differently abled kids. Like that was just something that was really special to me. So I studied communication, but it was really for sign language, but it helped me learn a lot about communication. And then I ended up going to grad school for kinesiology, which helped me get my job as a fitness coach, which was great. Um, So I did things that ended up like once I became a fitness coach, it really helped. It was like a part-time job as I was trying to get into ESPN, but Broadcasting just happened. Like, I had grad school, I had to go to grad school, and Tennessee suggested I become the analyst for their home games. And I was like, sure. And wow. we did some drive runs and test runs, and I was terrible. Even that first year, I was so bad, so bad. Everyone was so kind and encouraging, but I was not good. Um, <laughs> but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it when I tried it and was like, yeah. all right, well, let's see where this goes. And it kind of just took off from there.
0: Wow. Okay. That's awesome to hear because I feel like so many people are, you know, wondering if they have to stick to a certain path and it seems like you kind of Mm -hmm. thought you were going to do one thing and then change your mind. So I think a lot of people that's, I think people need to realize that's important to try different things or to put your brain in one direction and then say, okay, you know what, actually I want to do this. So um, definitely important and great to hear that you had that story. Um, But I want to talk about women role models in your life and who have some of those women been um, in the industry who have shaped your career to what it is today or maybe just women you've looked up to that have helped you go down this now journey of broadcasting
1: yeah I feel like I feel very lucky um there's like a group of us and that are my age and we have so much support from the group of women above us like so for me specifically like Lachina Robinson is an angel on earth. Maria Taylor, same exact thing. Like I am a part of the Rising Media Stars program under Lachina. When I was first getting into this, I stayed with Maria and she took me to the studio and like just both of them I could call at any time and ask them for anything. Um, Elle Duncan, huge mentor. Um, Rebecca Lobo has been great to me, like answering all of my questions about how you know, even her and Elle, like they have a family and they have kids and they make it work. And and so um, Tiffany Green, right when I was out of school, I had a conversation with Tiffany Green about how she does play by play. And we talked for like an hour and then we ended up working together, which is crazy. Um, mm-hmm. Tamika Catchings, like the, I really could name so many women, but those women, uh, Carolyn Peck has answered every single one of my questions that I've ever had when I worked with her. Um, And you know, everybody's just been great. Like I have no, the list could really go on and on. Like when I covered softball, Jessica Mendoza and Michelle Smith were extremely helpful. And uh, Amanda Scarborough was helpful. And like when I did beach volleyball, they were helpful. And so, um, but my my biggest mentors, if I had to pick of the huge group of support that I've had, just like pushing me forward, um, I would say LaChina would be the number one like she is she's like has these motherly instincts and she cares and she loves and she's genuine and she will just pour it just pours out of her her leadership and Mm -hmm. the way that she cares and everybody's been amazing um but LaChina has been like heaven sent for me
0: That's so nice to hear. I feel like you have such a great group of women surrounding you and like have been, especially in the industry. Like that's just so cool. Um, and that like all of those people, I'm sure everybody just listed all of our listeners know too, and just have looked up to as well. So that's awesome. And, um, it's great to have women supporting women for sure in this industry. Um, so let's talk about orange theory, since you kind of touched on the fitness industry and that's been a part of your life. I love, working out and I love fitness so I'd love to hear more about that and how you kind of find the time to keep fitness in your life while broadcasting since it's such a busy job is this a career where you can have that in your life where you can have working out and fitness still um, on the side of broadcasting
1: yeah you definitely can and I think it's so funny everyone is will say to me you know oh, you, you happened so fast or ESPN, you took off in it. And I did, but also like, I think people forget that I was a fitness coach doing ESPN part-time for three years. So like I coached at Orange Theory for three years. um, And it was, I talk about Orange Theory all the time because my bosses were so flexible, so understanding, like they knew, I gave my all every single day at the studio. Like I coached my heart out um, and did everything I could for the studio. But everyone also knew that ESPN was my dream and they supported that, right? So like Orange Theory was so much fun. Like I miss it. I'm always like, is there a time for me to coach Orange Theory? Can I make coaching Orange Theory work? And then I'm like, no, I can't. But I do
0: miss it all the time <laughs> I would love to take a class with you. <laughs> you
1: know maybe like one day I won't do as many games and I'll have like a few days a week where I could maybe coach some I don't know it's still a lofty goal of mine um to make both work now but the members were great um my bosses my team my studio like everybody was phenomenal like I would it was hard you know like I would coach four classes and then I'd drive to Charlotte and like do a show and then I'd drive back and go straight to the studio and coach classes and back and forth and oh it was gosh. hectic and it was at times it felt insane but it was all worth it because I made mm-hmm. the best connections to Orange Theory and it really kind of propelled me and it helped with confidence like you have to have confidence to coach on the mic and deliver a workout and demonstrate things and you know there's 48 people just staring at you like what is she going to tell us and so I think Orange Theory helped me as far as communication and confidence tremendously. Um, mm-hmm. And you can absolutely make it work. I tell people all the time, everyone who's worked with me knows that I prioritize my fitness. Um, it's hard, but you know, I'll just look at the days ahead and be like, where can I fit my workouts in? Like, does it need to be at 10 PM? Does it need to be at 5 AM? Like whatever the day has, Somewhere the workout has to fit in. And okay. sometimes like on the road, my workout is only an hour. Like I usually like to work out to an hour and a half to two hours when I'm at okay. home. Mm-hmm. But on the road, maybe it's just an hour and I go hard and I don't stop moving for that hour. Um That's great. So I try to, I, I get in six days a week. Um seventh day is yoga mm. and I, I get it in, um it's it just, it's just a priority thing. Like mm-hmm. you just got to find time to do it, but it's also becomes a habit. Like yeah. it's just automatic for me to be like, okay, this is the time I'm going to work out. And then when that time hits, just go work out, just go do it.
0: Yeah. That's great to have that motivation and just finding time. Sometimes it could be like you said, early in the morning or late at night, but just making it happen. So you kind of touched on, um, finding time in your day to make the fitness happen. What is it? What is a day in, the life for you like when you have a game day that you have to let's say sideline report for how do you start off that day how do you prep for that day what does it look like (laughs) yeah it's the game's at night let's say (laughs)
1: yeah I was gonna say like it's so like um typically like next next week I have a game with New York Liberty and so a lot of times the teams will to shoot around So if the team has shoot around at, it also depends on how I'm doing my hair that day, but that's a whole different subject. But (laughs) if the team has shoot around at like nine or something like that, like I might wake up at like, say we got 6.45 to get to the gym by seven. I work out seven to eight, get home, eat breakfast, throw on some clothes or get to where I'm staying. Eat breakfast, throw on clothes, Uber to the gym. Um, and then I watch shoot arounds and I like to get a workout in first because my workouts give me energy so like if I just go straight to shoot around and I'm kind of tired and I'm kind of sluggish and I just woke up like I'm just not going to be as focused Um, and then also like the day could go left at any point so on game days I like to just get my workout in first because they could say oh Jerry we need you for this or actually we want to do this you know what I mean like you could just get pulled in so many directions so If it's not unreasonable, like if I can get six hours of sleep, if I'm not waking up at five, like I'll do the workout first. Then I'll go to shoot arounds, um, take notes, talk to the coaches. I like to have my, I call them boards. Most of us call them boards, I think, printed already. Um, Some people will like type on them at shoot arounds. But I don't like to worry about printing. I like to just have my stuff. So I'll have general notes typed out. And then at shoot around, I'll just write down things that I'm seeing and I'm hearing or you know, stuff like that. Um, and then usually by that time, say there's two shoot arounds, it's like one or two um, at that point. And so I'll go back, I'll kind of review my stuff, organize it. Maybe I'll write out or like rewrite some stuff and just kind of read over my notes. Um, I've already watched my film. If I, if there's something I want to see or I want to look for, I might go look that up. Like we have this database system that we use that pulls clips. So, you know, say something comes in my head and I'm like, oh, I want to see how Natasha Howard scored on them last time. And I forgot to, so I'll do like final prep stuff. Or if a coach brings up something like, you know, yeah, they really, we struggled defending the paint. Yes. You know, last game against Atlanta. I might go back to that Atlanta game if I haven't watched it and watch how Atlanta scored in the paint. So then I can figure out how they did it and use that. So final prep stuff. And then I usually take a shower, get dressed. If the, game's, if the game's at seven, I like to get to the arena by five. If the game's at nine, I like to get there by seven. Like two, two and a half hours before a basketball game is plenty of time um, to get in get settled, talk to the coaches one more time, take a couple deep breaths. I do meditate. So I'll usually meditate before I leave. Um, and then I'll do like a five minute meditation in a bathroom somewhere at the arena, um, that I always go to. And so it's on Apple podcast. It's great. It's like a five minute confidence meditation. Um, and then I sit down and call the game.
0: Awesome. Well, take notes from her on that schedule. That sounds like some good prep and meditation, I think, is so important. So that's awesome that you incorporate that. Um, So I'm sure you've had some amazing moments and then some challenging moments as well. So I want to ask you both of those. um, What has been your favorite or like most rewarding moment in broadcasting? And then what has been your most challenging or um, maybe nerve wracking moment? in your broadcasting career. Oh man,
1: most rewarding moment. There's oh my goodness, there's so many rewarding
0: moments. Um <laughs> that's good to hear. Maybe yeah. something you're oh, just so most so proud I, of.
1: Yeah I okay so like that's, that's I could do that one. I think okay there's a couple but calling or sideline reporting a football game at neyland Stadium in Tennessee was a really full circle moment because I started in basketball had to earn my way to football I'd been in Neyland so many times as a recruit and as a student and so just being there like seeing it from that angle and that perspective was um like I felt really proud in that moment you know like I was just like man I went from like a student or from a high school recruit sitting right there now I'm standing here. So that was kind of a really cool moment. And then um, definitely women's college game day. Um, We had the first one in, I don't know how long, like nine years or something. Uh, I don't know, it was the first one in 11 years. So we had the first women's college game day in 11 years. It was South Carolina against Tennessee. Uh, South Carolina's crowd is incredible. And so it's, you know, it's, it's me. Elle Duncan who that was my first time working with her so I just could have died now we're friends but at the time it was like I was freaking out that's awesome um and then it's like Rebecca Lobo Carolyn Peck and Stephanie White who have had like those three women have for me to be there I was just like how how did I get to the, at this desk these <laughs> amazing. they've won like WNBA championships national championships they've coached in like just their resumes are unreal, and then Elle Duncan's just like a staple for ESPN, and it was the first college game day in 11 years. The crowd was incredible. It's, you know, my former team going against Dawn Staley, who's the go-and-her beau- incredible team, and so I think being a part of the first women's college game day in 11 years was Almost too good to be true, but I was there. I've got the pictures. I know it happened. Well-deserved. <laughs> um, I, I, was, I was really proud of, of that moment because I just, they're just amazing. All of those women are amazing. And for me to just be there in the conversation with them was really cool.
0: I bet. Yeah. So that sounds amazing. So what was your most challenging then? Or a time where you got really nervous maybe or... Um maybe you messed up i don't know <laughs>
1: oh oh yeah um softball was incredibly challenging um because i don't know i don't know it as well and so like thinking of question and the thing about softball is like in basketball and football you do your coach interviews first of all you only have to do one you don't do both on camera and two you do the interview and then it they're leaving like they're going to halftime the game is paused or whatever in softball you do the interview and then the game starts again so like Mm -hmm. that in itself was a challenge because the coaches are ready to like it's just you got to get out of the way it's got to be quick you got to go right to the game action and it's two interviews that happen really quickly so like you have to think of questions for the first coach and then do that interview and then see what happens in the next inning and then do the next interview. So, like, just trying to think of things and trying to come up with questions was such a challenge. And so, I um, interviewed the Tennessee softball coach, Karen Weekly. Love her. She's great. And I honestly think any of the coaches would have saved me in this moment, but I'm going to try and make this quick. But I asked her the first question, and it was basically like, What do you all? She pulled the team together. Um, I think Missouri had scored like five times or something. And so she pulled the team together and had a meeting right before my interview. So my first question was, What'd you tell the team? And, you know, when you pulled them together, mm-hmm. she said this answer. And basically, she said a lot of stuff that they needed to do, but mm-hmm. I didn't really know the terms that she was saying. Okay. So my next question, I asked her, All right, last time you all run offense, you left runners. You know, on base, how do you make the most of those opportunities coming up? And she pretty much was like, "Well, she was like, well, like I just said, we have to blah 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 blah." And I was like, "Ah, okay, I see. You said that already. I messed <laughs> that up." That's all and like she gave further answers, and that wasn't right. a moment that like, but I messed it up, and that was something to kind of learn from. Like whatever term she used basically meant that's how they have to score they have to do she said this is what she said she said we have to get behind the ball I didn't know what she meant no clue and so that was a learning experience Mm -hmm. for me um that was a challenge and then I had uh the Florida State Duke basketball game men's basketball it was my first time covering ACC men's basketball first time covering Leonard Hamilton who's Florida State's coach first time covering coach K it's his final season and it was my first time in that league like I had never worked with them before you know they didn't know me I didn't have any prior relationships really Um, and so I think that was a test of like because you know it's ACC and it's men's basketball like they could easily be like who's this girl from the SEC coming to report on our teams and like so I was intimidated I messed up my halftime question I messed up one of them and then in the postgame, it went to overtime. Florida State upset Duke, and the fans stormed the court. And I was rushing to get to Coach Hamilton. I asked him one question, but his security people were, like, trying to get him off the court. And I, I literally could not think. Like, I, I was so rattled that after his first answer, I was like, Coach, congratulations. And I just ended the interview because I was so, like, I was nervous I was so yeah, nervous I yeah. didn't want to mess it up. so I was like it's that's matters. hard and running
0: it. like especially I always wonder how you guys run to the coach after when everybody's coming down and the security's there so I would find that situation so tough yeah
1: so I had a softball moment and I had a um I had a AC Siemens basketball moment that were I learned from them um and they weren't bad they weren't catastrophes but they were nerve-wracking moments or moments where I could have been a little stronger or a little bit better or a little more you know in tune um so yeah you learn from them
0: and you you keep moving yeah I think it's great to be put in those positions like you said like that you might have been a little intimidated or felt a little challenged I think that's so important to have those moments just to learn from and make you better as um whatever you're doing in that sense of your career so um great moments before that though also uh, (laughs) um that you had all of them great moments like even though you messed up like those are awesome reporting moments that you can say like interviewing coach k or whatever it might be so awesome awesome job on that and i just want to ask you one final question your overall advice for girls wanting to enter the sports industry or maybe take a career path like yours man um hmm
1: I'm going to steal one from, oh, this is so hard. It's going to be like three parts. I'm going to steal one from Pam Ward. Um, I was taking a little selfie video and I asked Pam Ward what her piece of advice would be. And she was like, you you need to love it because it's not always glamorous. Like there's, you know, like I drove from midnight to 6am, not safe, wouldn't advise it. But it was because my flight was canceled, and I had to get to my game, and I wanted to watch shootarounds. Or you know, you might have back-to-back events, or your flight gets canceled, and you're rushing, and you're you know, like it's it's not always just the lights and the makeup and the camera and the like. It's not always glamorous. Sometimes it's really hard. Sometimes it's really tiring. Sometimes you are, you know, it's work. Like it's a lot of work. Um, so I would say make sure you love it, and then. I saw that from Pam just cause she said that recently. And I was like, that's, that's really true. But I think my biggest piece of advice would be to, to be yourself because, and I think if you're trying to hold up a, a persona or an act or you know, you're trying to be someone that you're not, it's gonna take away from your content and it's gonna take away from people's ability to connect to you. Like you have to put so much thought into how you wanna act you can't really put thought into just genuinely covering the game and just talking the game and having good conversations. So I think that what has helped me the most is just being myself. Like when I'm talking to the coaches, when I'm on camera, you know, I'm like, you know, coach, what happened in that first half? Or, you know what I mean? Like, it's just me. It's just who I am. That's a genuine question that I had. Like I had a moment um, in the Auburn game. He took out his starting quarterback. Brian Herson the coach. And after the game, I was like, you know, coach, you took out Bo Nix. What factored into that decision? And everyone was like, wow, you got him to say something. And, and I was like, no, I was just like, I was really curious. And like, I think, I hope he could tell I was genuinely curious. And he gave a great answer. And so I think when you're just yourself and you're genuine, it helps the coaches connect to you, the players connect to you the people at home watching connect to you. Um, And I think that's the, that's one of the biggest keys. So love it. Make sure you're ready to work hard um, and be yourself. And don't be afraid to ask questions. I know people say like fake it till you make it, which is great, but I've gotten a lot out of asking. Like, I'm not faking it. What does that mean? What is that word that you just said? What is that camera that you just said? Or they're like, so many people have shown me something and I'm like, I don't, what is that? right and it doesn't make you look bad I think it makes you look like you want to know and so yeah love it work hard be yourself ask questions four parts
0: great advice definitely taking that advice everybody who's listening should take that advice as well and what can where where can we keep up with you what projects do you have coming up um what do you want us to be on the lookout for oh man hopefully
1: a lot of things um my one of my closest friends Alyssa Lang and I um have a show called Out of Pocket it is on SEC Network it will start when football season starts so I think end of August August 31st maybe is our first episode it's every Wednesday 7 o'clock on the SEC Network um tune into Out of Pocket hopefully every Saturday I'm on the sidelines for football so just check into my Twitter my Instagram it's Andrea underscore Carter I will post where I'm going what teams I'm covering um for football season and then um yeah WNBA games basketball season will be here before we know it but as far as the fall goes I would say tune in to WNBA on ESPN out of pocket on SEC Network and Football Saturdays
0: all right everybody tune in um thank you Andrea for coming on it's been awesome to have you loved hearing your advice and your stories and we'll see you next time on Women Changing the Game